game boys. Hell yeah. I got the clap for sure. So things are going great. I'm a World War One oh, soldier. <laughs> Bringing that back. Honestly, let's bring back the old diseases. I'm sick of these new ones. Let's get something nostalgic going. Yeah, come on. Let, let's get polio classic streaming. COVID's out here like, I'll give you I'll give you erectile dysfunction. And gonorrhea is like, remember when I used to make it hurt when you peed? That was, yes. for, that was real shit. Yeah, and, and you could only pee when your dick was hard. That's the other thing about that one. Yeah. And so if you got gonorrhea and COVID, you'd just explode because you'd fill up with pee and then die. <laughs> so that's one thing to watch out for. That's my that's my safety tip. Brother, for the I, brother I was born in the wrong generation. Yeah. I was born to get syphilis in a trench and then die in Versailles. But instead, I'm 30 in Texas. To live or die in Versailles. Um, Versailles has fallen, folks. That's actually the next sequel. Yeah. Uh, that one's that one's actually set after World War One. <laughs> um, I've been reading all World War One today. That's why it's on my mind. Oh yeah, uh, um, what you trying to go back in time and uh, uh, trying to just to, do it all over again? I'm trying to go. <laughs> I'm trying to go back in time and uh, close the sandwich shop where the assassin found Archduke Ferdinand. <laughs> no, I, um, I we're doing a wisecrack video about. Um, we're, we're maybe doing a wisecrack video about economics and and uh, MMORPGs. Uh huh. And so I'm writing about part of what I'm writing about is inflation and wow, like how the price, the price fluctuation in wow is all based on this crazy inflation stuff. And so a bunch of that we're comparing to like Weimar Germany after world war one, because Mm -hmm. they, instead of taxing anyone, they just borrowed money from everyone and then printed a bunch more money. And they were like, don't worry when we win the war, we'll have all this stuff. And then we'll just make mm. back all the money with the stuff we win. But then they lost the war, so they had no money. And those are all those are old school crypto guys, basically. And then the Treaty of Versailles was like, by the way, I know you're already in debt, Germany, but what you really need to do is pay back all these other countries for the shit you blew up. And they were like, yeah. okay. Uh-huh. And so then their economy just like tanked, and it became like literally you had to like take a wheelbarrow full of Deutsche Marks to the store to buy like a chocolate bar. Uh-huh. Right. Like the econ- like the, the currency just like fucking tanked a thousand percent. Um, and so that's what I've been reading about today. So that's why I've been talking about World War One a lot. Um, Hell yeah. Forrest, World War One, yes or no? Uh it certainly happened. Is that what we're looking for? I'm looking for a I'm looking for a hard stance. Don't weasel out of this. Uh I actually read a very interesting book many years ago by John Keegan called The History of Warfare. Uh, and he had a really interesting take about World War One. I, I don't see people say very often, which is that the main technological difference between World Wars One and Two that accounted for how different the actual warfare was and how trenchy and miserable and grueling it was, uh, was not the inventions that people think it was, but rather uh, the invention of better communications technology, that mm. it was the invention of the wireless radio uh, uh. and useful wireless radio that allowed coordination between ground soldiers and artillery units, which allowed better sighting in of fire and just generally like more effective offensive techniques so that people weren't just trapped in trenches forever, hoping that maybe they didn't get blown up by their own artillery. You're saying that's World War Two that had that. Yeah. Yeah. That World War One didn't. World and War World War One's lack. So, yeah. So World War One was a lack of bad comms. And that, that's a gamer or, thing that everyone can really resonate with. I mean, imagine well, there's a, a lack of good comms, the lack of comms in general, World War One. Yeah. But the uh, the inclusion of the, the artillery ruined it for everyone. It really sucked. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Un, unmute World War One. IMO. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that's probably that's a good takeaway. Uh, that's a good place for, to do the thing where we have a conversation, say something dumb and then say, hey, welcome to the Game Boys, a video games podcast. We found it. Uh, my name's Lux. Uh, and with me, as always, it's Griffin Davis. He's here, too. 
Um, and we've got a wonderful guest. He's a podcaster. He's a writer. He's a good friend, a gamer, a commentator, and many other things also. It's Forrest Walker. Forrest, welcome back to the show. Hey, do you want to hear a story about how one time I set my hair on fire at Versailles? Yes. Yes. Uh, I was on a high school trip to France and I'd bought a little lighter that was like shaped like a gun, you know, like Mm -hmm. a like the pistol type of gun that one might shoot. Uh, And it wasn't lighting on the fire wasn't happening. Mm -hmm. So I went to listen to see if when I was clicking the thing that the 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 gas was coming out of the end of the gun. But it was actually working more than I thought. I lit my hair on fire in the middle of a bus in front of everyone (laughs) I knew. (laughs) (laughs) Man, to carry a gun around France in the open, that's the dream. That's that's what our that's what our country took away from us. God damn it. Um, that feels like justice to me that you shared the story, because Forrest, part of the reason you're here is that you have a new podcast called They're All Ansem about Kingdom Hearts. And I was recently a guest and on that podcast. I told a story about hitting myself in the nuts with a plunger. And so I'm glad you was a really good story. I'm glad you've come on our podcast to tell a story about time you humiliated yourself in public. And now it feels I, like the scales are balanced. <laughs> the, the cycle is complete. Hair burning, hair burning stuff is 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 crazy. You know, it reminded me that like one time in high school, like as a joke, I like set my friend's hair on fire, which is psychopath. Like that's crazy. Yeah, uh, and I st- I still feel bad about that. Like that's just you know you do everyone does something they regret. I feel like that's one of the number one things. I, it was it was just a strand of his hair. That's psycho. Why did I do that? I ask myself every day. Yeah, that is psycho shit. But I mean, it speaks to something that you and I have talked about recently, which is that like there's a learning curve in people's life that when they understand what is and is not a joke. Yes, <laughs> and exactly. Like, <laughs> and like what constitutes a joke. And I think a lot yeah. of that happens and, and, for and, people and in people high school. People are learning that in the Choom Room Discord every day. That's what I was referring to. But kind of. A, <laughs> Kind of obliquely, but I guess we're just going to throw that one out there. Uh, so sort of public no, it, sentiment. T- tis a cursed place. Yeah, the True Room Discord rules, but every once in a while someone says something that they think is a joke, and then a bunch of people have to be like, this isn't a joke. It's just <laughs> a shitty thing to say. Yeah, we get to learn that shit offline. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's part, you know, that's part of uh, what the where, where I think the last generation of people who at least had some chunk of their formative comedy learning from not the internet yeah. I think everyone after us is like mostly just internet educated in comedy for better or worse. I think for some people that leads to like really incredible stuff. And for some people it leads to people not knowing what jokes are and just thinking like <laughs> saying something offensive is great. The, it- yeah. Learning that offline sure is more merciful also because you can you can biff it in the company of like two people you've known for 10 years. Yeah, yeah. totally. <laughs> totally. Um, and then you like you learn how to develop a voice. And then now it's like people just like don't. Like people just like repeat sketches they know. This that's like a real tomb room problem. <laughs> that's the main problem is that people will just say an in in insane thing out of context, no reference to the thing that they're talking like to like not like oh yeah like from that sketch where they say blah blah blah. Just assuming that everyone has seen a sketch called Race War and just typing <laughs> Race War into the chat. It's like no no one. It, no <laughs> that one blew my mind because i don't like i like white as kids and shit i think they're funny and i like sam and i like zach um and those guys are cool but like i've never been like a huge follower of their stuff so, like that was a sketch i did not know existed yeah and so i was having a conversation someone just said race war and my whole brain just like <laughs> fell out of my head i was like why <laughs> would you say that now in this context or ever like what's going on and i just like had to like <laughs> log off for a while i like couldn't that's a pretty, fucking that's deal a sketch right <laughs> what 
that's a pretty old sketch, right? Like, I know exactly a sketch you're talking about, yeah. but I remember that from, like, a couple internets ago. Oh, no, yeah, that is many internets ago, and that's what's so, uh, I mean, I, I, I love, I, Why Does Kids is a great show, uh, I love all the, I love all the energy around the fans, but I'm like, how are they, how do they have fans now? It's like, that's like so many <laughs> internets ago that people are, like, quoting that sketch from. Like, I feel like some people are, like, in a time capsule on the well, internet. I feel like your first, if you're, like, a comedy person, your first sketch show, whichever sketch show you True. latch on to first, is True. like so yes. important to you forever. Uh-huh. Yeah, for me, it was a million dollar extreme. <laughs> yeah, good, cool, good. Glad that that's something that you're just carrying around with you forever. Oh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, like no, like there's no no doubt that like because I I grew up watching like a lot of SNL shit, obviously, but then also like uh, the early UCB show was huge for me um stuff like that mm-hmm. or like and brass eye and like this hour is 22 minutes and all that shit and so like i'm constantly making references to like brass eye and 22 minute sketches that no one else gives a shit about um uh-huh. just because to me that's foundational and i think that's the same with white as kids you know that like there's a whole generation of people who we know and are friends with who like that was their first exposure to like oh you're allowed to make weird sketches mm-hmm um, and good for them, man. Good for for those guys. That that's great, and they're they're awesome dudes, and they've done a lot for us. So personally, thanks. But like, also, still people just like assuming the context is so crazy. People assuming context for anything is so crazy these days. Yeah, it it, it is crazy. Yeah, it is wild. But hey, I, I I can't complain. Those freaks got me a PS5. Oh yeah, actually, <laughs> we should talk about this. Do, 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 do. Dude, don't you dare. Don't you dare act like you get to have John Cena's theme in this moment. Don't you even. So for for context, last week on this show, on this very show, Griffin spent about five minutes towards the top of the show explaining that he had peacefully transitioned into a post PS5 life, that he'd reached this sort of Zen Buddhist nirvana of realizing he doesn't need it and actually it's fine and it will come when it comes and there's no need to worry about it and who cares even really because there's not even that many games he wants and then today well i think you can tell what's happened and what's uh, yeah. changed i have a ps5 and i've purchased every game even the ones i talk shit on <laughs> that's right i bought miles morales too you would, fucking you give this, this man a, a job for 20 a, minutes would this be a good time for me to also state that i have as well come to a a non-ps2 nirvana state and i'm not worried about when i get one yeah well mm-hmm. yeah you and i are now in the same boat but griffin has abandoned us on mm-hmm. our peaceful ship of tranquility well, i'm saying forest that means that you're close to getting one that i'm saying that this is part of the path that that for me to gain the ps5 i had to let it go like that that's I mean, so true i think it's true that you do have to let things go on the path to like a, a healthy gaining of that thing but also in my experience usually when you like a- achieve this kind of a piece you don't actually get it eventually anyway uh, i don't not in my experience and, and i'm gonna and i'm gonna you know anecdotal is evidence uh so listen like uh, yeah i had i had completely like let it go um and then you know i got a dm from one of my from one of my twitch chatters they found one at 4 a.m um and listen like i'd been i'd been refreshing every day for conservatively like four to five hours probably more on some days and just like so i was free from that mindset and now and now i'm here and i have to say it was worth it 
all of the pain, <laughs> all of the suffering. It was worth it. This is an incredible new device, and, I, and I'm ready to answer any questions you might have about it. All right. Question one. Is it noisy? It is the qu- quietest thing ever. I, I, sometimes I, I check its pulse just to make sure it's still alive. It's, okay. it's, it's whispering to me. So do you think that you could play PS5 in the quiet place? I think that you 100% could. I mean, you. I mean, she delivered a baby in that movie. The movie makes no sense. I honestly haven't seen it, so I don't. There's a, the, the, in, in like in the beginning of the movie, they like step on a branch and like boom, like half the family dies. But then like later, there's a monster in the house and she's in a tub giving birth, and they make it through that. Quiet Place Two, you've got some splaining to do. All right. Well, now that we've put Quiet Place on notice, um, <laughs> Forrest, do you have any questions about the PS5? Uh, yeah. So, what, my understanding is that, like, basically ninety nine point nine percent of all PS4 games are uh, operate on it, right? Yes, and that's what's one of the really cool things is like, boom! The second I booted it up, my whole PS4 library right there in my library available to download. The second I and, and like the transition is very easy in that way. Um, and even games like uh, a game that's actually going to drop in six hours from this recording, uh, Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven, it's actually not coming out for PS5 right away. They the version that I've bought is actually a PS4 version that's backwards compatible, and they're releasing patches over the next couple of weeks to bring it up to like PS5 to push it even farther. Uh, my follow up question is, what's the performance upgrade like for PS4 games? Because uh, there are some of them that mm. uh, even my my venerable and respected PS4 right. Pro uh, has with. some interesting times with. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. So uh, I mean, Ghost of uh, Tsushima. I've heard from uh, Rowdy, who was on last week, says that runs really well. I just haven't had a goddamn moment to try a single PS4 game because I am so deep into Bug Snacks right now, like so <laughs> deep into. And what Bug Snacks is, it is it is the premier game to play on the PS5. I'm I'm just shocked that like no one is talking about this game because it's really it's magical. So I haven't had much time to play the PS4 games, to, to be honest with you. And you know what? I haven't had any time to, in terms of performance to push it all the way to 4K either. And it's actually really it's an interesting it's an interesting moment because right now I've only experienced the PS5 in 1080p because uh, I don't own a 4K uh, TV that does 120 hertz. And there's actually very few of those on the market. Um, and the PS5 actually doesn't even do 2K either. Uh, so it only does 1080 or 4k. It doesn't go to 2k, which I have a monitor for. So it's this odd feeling where I feel like I actually can't push the device to its like to its limit yet. Um, because the, the TVs just aren't really out for it. Okay. Um, that's fair. The, well, that's one. So I'm excited. I'm going to try to go over to Rory's this weekend or early next week to try and play bug snacks on his 4k TV. So we can talk more about bug snacks in depth next week. Right. Yeah. Um, and I'll play some demon souls over there too. And also just see, mm-hmm. see my bud and pet the lizards. But, um, I do want to know a little bit about bug snacks because so far yeah. all I know about it is the cover image. Um, um cause I've been trying okay. to stay, I've been trying to stay isolated, but I'm ready to learn. Uh, so if you thought that bug snacks was a kid's game, you're dead wrong. Uh, it is, it, it's a game about, it's a game about loneliness. It's a game about journalism you're uncovering a mystery uh, and it is pretty much beat for beat Bioshock. Um, <laughs> you land on an island 
and everyone has discovered this special thing called bug snacks that quote unquote makes them feel really good and they get like high off the bug snacks. Um, it transforms their bodies into basically splicers. And there is this like mysterious leader of the island that you cannot find that's leaving you messages. Uh, so what appears to be at first a silly kids game from the makers of like Octodad uh, is, is, is like there's this darkness just below the surface in almost every line of dialogue. Uh, and, and the way that these people take eat the bug snacks and their limbs transform, it is a body horror unlike anything I've experienced. <laughs> uh, I have a I have a, a follow-up question to this. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean literally I, and I here's the thing. I, I sometimes I can be hyperbolic. Sometimes I can be, you know, sometimes I can exaggerate. But I know that this is actually what's happening because <laughs> the 30 other people that watched me play it all had the same experience. They were like, what is happening? I thought this was a game for kids. Um, this big moment happened last night on stream where uh, three of the members uh, of the people that I've sort of rescued from around the island, they got into this big fight and, and one of them accused the other of killing their child. And then the other one said, you're just like this because your wife left you. And it was this insane scene spoken by these two furries. Um, and it was honestly one of the most heart wrenching scenes I've experienced in a video game in years. So this game can, I can only think about this game. I, I a bug snacks is the only thing I want to play right now. Oh, that's <laughs> awesome to me because the, I Demon Souls seems cool and shit, but like, you know, you know my deal. I like weird video games. I like video games that aren't like other video games yes, and, and like do not what you expect. Yeah. And do weird, strange things. And so it's dope that yeah. an early PS5 release is sort of in that category of like mm -hmm. bizarre gaming ephemera that I love. And I'm, and I'm wondering if the reason that no one is talking about it is because to talk about it is to reveal the actual <laughs> truth of what it is. I'll, like AKA like Doki Doki Literature Club or I'm getting a lot of Undertale vibes from this as well. Sure. Um, and, and I think that like maybe that's the reason people aren't talking about this game, but this game is is a work of art and the and the voice acting and just the raw emotion of these purportedly silly characters is is insane. It's just unlike anything I've ever played before. That's really cool. Demon Souls is just awesome. It's one of the prettiest games I've ever seen. It just looks incredible. I can't wait to dive into that more. Um, but I would say that because I can't really push it anything to 4k right now the most next gen thing about the playstation 5 is this fucking controller it is so cool it, it really like when you like we've we've held a vibrating thing before can we all agree on that yes yeah yeah, yeah I'm not everyone just write it. your own drugs we're just not gonna do them we'll just move yeah, on right. it's, it's, a, it's the diy part of the podcast um so 
this is unlike unlike any vibration I've felt because there's a million different types of vibrations you can feel. Sometimes they feel really tinny and thin. Sometimes they're like a thick, like bassy center vibration. Like sometimes it like tingles just around the left of your hand. Like when you hit your sword on the left wall or if you hit it on the right, then you kind of get it on the right side of the feeling. Like when you take little steps and bug snacks, you kind of feel your feet crunch into the grass. Um, oh, shit. Am I, Am I still here? Yeah, here, here. Yeah, yeah. Okay, my computer went to sleep. Lol. Um, <laughs> Haley, you can keep that in. Uh, my computer was like, "This is boring." <laughs> computer was uh, like, "I do not care." Rude. We've, you guys have talked about controllers on four different episodes. I don't need to hear any of this. Um, Computers but, but yeah, don't just, care about haptic feedback. But yeah, the haptic well, feedback. I mean, this controller alone is a reason to get it to to like buy this thing now. All right. Well. I'm trying, so if like any assume too. people <laughs> want to get me one. What was that, Forrest? It, it, the, uh, the spaceship and also the whole machine both look like a spaceship as well. So uh, it's nice. It's it's nice that we look, we're living in finally like the white plastic future we'd been promised in Star Trek. Yes, the, yes. Mm-hmm. the yeah, future that was promised. It is a Star Trek-y looking object, and that's always a yeah, nice, and a I, nice and thing. And I have to say, I started with the disc one. That's the one that I got. But then Zach from Whitest Kids got the digital and we traded uh, because I actually prefer the digital, like the look of it. It like looks way better. Uh, so I actually am looking at the digital one now because we traded this morning. And yeah, I like the disc one looks like shit. It looks really bad. Uh, but this disc one it looks like slim and futuristic. Yeah, like I want to like put my brain in it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you know, there's probably a back alley surgeon who could give it a shot. It kind of just looks like a futuristic photocopier now that I'm looking at it. You like you <laughs> like if one flap unfolded and you put your, you know, newspaper in there and printed it or whatever you photocopy. I don't know what they do that for. Um, but yeah, like so, you know, I I'm also a PC gamer, as the podcast knows, but because this controller and the vibrations in it are so interesting. I actually downloaded Cyberpunk for PlayStation, uh, not for PC, because honestly, I'm like more interested in like getting getting more haptic feedback games than I am in like pumping Cyberpunk up to like 2K. Yeah, I mean, that makes gotcha. sense. It's that's like the because it's it's a new way of interacting with games to a degree to a degree. That's like, I want more games to play that with. <laughs> yeah, totally. And it's a, a new, a new thing is always like, it's, you know, obviously like, Oh, same type of games and gameplay with better graphics is always cool. Um, but new sort of gaming experience is really why we like get the new consoles. Yeah. Um, and, and, and like there's that, this is like, Oh, this is officially a reason to, to get it now, in my opinion. Um, and uh, I wish you guys both luck. Um, and uh, yeah, uh, I, I did want to talk a little bit more to Forrest about about this new podcast. Yeah, um, I, I wanted to thank him uh, for doing the work. You know, a lot of us, <laughs> a lot of us sort of signal and posture online that we're Kingdom Hearts fans. But uh, Forrest is down in the trenches, actually, uh, you know, pushing, pushing the discourse forward. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm such a devoted Kingdom Hearts fan that a uh, I think the franchise is stupid, which is a requisite for loving it. Yes, and b I'm even probably gonna get whatever this like rhythm game is. It mm-hmm. just came out because apparently it's got a story, oh, and yes. I can't get enough Nomura. I, I- 
I, I really do feel like the gimmicky side ones that are that are like a completely different style of game oftentimes have the most important story, uh, which is <laughs> insanely frustrating that like you literally you're playing Kingdom Hearts three and like five characters that you need to know are from like a, a, a like a, a Nintendo DS card trading game like <laughs> uh, that that's like part of. That's part of the magic, part of sort of the beautiful catastrophe. It's true. Uh, like the 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 handheld games are probably more important story wise than the the console yes. games, as you said. Like mm-hmm. Bir- Birth by Sleep, uh, three fifty eight over two uh, days. Oh, yeah, I love that fraction. Mm-hmm. And uh, and Dream Drop Dist- Distance are all just like mission critical. Yes. Uh, Recoded, while kind of fun though, is not mission critical or important whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the fun ones are are not going to help you story wise. <laughs> <laughs> but you but you can never know which ones are going to be critical or not. So you got to play <laughs> oh, yeah. all of them, or you mm-hmm. just don't know anything like me. Mm-hmm. Um, which you can find out if you listen to the first episode of the podcast, where I scored arousing zero points. Wow. Hey. Hey, you, you got a lot of points, just not the points you wanted to get. I did. Mm-hmm. I did win by the secret metric, but I did get zero points in the sort of front facing public metric. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, well, I do have a question because I'm sure like uh, I think I'm going to be coming on on soon onto your podcast. So we'll get more into this stuff. Um, but uh, Lux did want me to ask you a gotcha question, a, a question that might stump you on Kingdom Hearts lore. Cool. That sounds great. Get me. Okay. <clears throat> now I might have to repeat this in case I in case I uh, don't do it right. But okay, in Kingdom Hearts two, at the midpoint, Goofy is killed by a rock. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, now one can assume that Goofy is dead in that moment, but then is brought to life back again through the power of love and friendship. But for a moment. Not unlike the way that Sora died for a moment in Kingdom Hearts 1, Goofy potentially, for at least a moment, died in Kingdom Hearts 2, which by that logic would assume that there is a heartless and a nobody version of Goofy out there in the world that we have not met before. Now, uh, I'm not really interested so much in the heartless version of Goofy, but the nobody version of Goofy, because uh, we have to assume that, you know, if Goofy turns into a nobody, he's not going to be a low level nobody. He's a great soul. He's an aide to the Keyblade Master. You just assume that he is a more powerful nobody soul uh and so you'd have to assume that he would be in the around other powerful souls aka organization 13 now is it possible that the goofy's nobody is a member of organization 13 uh all right so let me let me play in the space for a bit before i get to the uh the actual answer which is <laughs> going to be somewhat less fun but maybe fun because of the order uh first off the most important thing we need to do with with goofy's nobody is we have to make his nobody name that's mm-hmm. that's the most important aspect which is mm-hmm. you add an x and you shuffle the letters up yes. so you have something like foxy gf or like <laughs> Gif folks or something. I yeah, think, I like Gif folks. <laughs> yeah, I think it would be Guy folks. <laughs> so we have like Guy or Guy Fuchs or something. Yeah. <laughs> sort, of, sort of a Guy Fox. Yeah, he's a, he's uh, a Guy Fuchs. He's you know remember. <laughs> Gosh, remember, remember the fifth of November, the gunpowder treason and plot. <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's very, ideas are bulletproof. <laughs> 
it's possible he has like a cool mask like that because when you become a nobody you get really dramatic and you look silly and you wear the big coat yes you know the coat um (laughs) So he probably looks like that. (laughs) Now, it is possible he is a member of Organization 13. Well, it depends on which Organization 13 you mean. Of course. Uh, The Organization 13 you're talking about, the first one, well, it might be what you're talking about. The one in Kingdom Hearts 2, probably not that one because it's it's registration. Yeah, it's registration's pretty closed. Mm -hmm. But the latter Organization 13 would be entirely possible, which is like a mutation of the first one. So Exactly. And they don't have to have 13 members. The first organization, 13, is already well known to have 14 members, maybe mm-hmm. even 15. Yeah, already <laughs> define define the rules there. And then as we see in Kingdom Hearts 3, there's like six out of 13 or so. I don't even know how many there were uh, in that one. Uh, well, OK, I feel like I didn't stump you and you you did. You just perfect landing that one. So, OK, yeah. I'm excited for the podcast. <laughs> yeah, this forest is is a true Kingdom Hearts master. Um, I was actually going to try and do a question as well, although only sort of about Kingdom Hearts. And I want to sort of frame it the way that you do it on the podcast, where I'll give you guys the question and then you guys (laughs) can both give me an answer. Fantastic. Um, And we'll see who really understands Kingdom Hearts. And this will kind of be a teaser for their all answer where Forrest does a much better job than I'm going to do at this. So uh, before the birth of Christ, a long, long time ago, a man named Abraham was born. Um, and he, uh, struck off on his own after getting a message from God who asked him to make a specific covenant, uh, of loyalty and honoring, uh, God throughout himself and his family. Uh, over time, the, this covenant became indicated and sealed, uh, through the ritual of circumcision, i.e. slicing and removing the foreskin. Um, now we obviously have many different oaths being sworn throughout kingdom hearts by many different characters from goofy to Mickey mouse to Sora to Ansem to whoever. So my question is, is Donald duck circumcised? Who, who first? Uh, you first. Okay. Uh, now, here's the interesting thing about is Donald Duck circumcised? This is a really good question, uh, which I think you're you're getting at a couple things here, right? Like the 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 actual questions we're being asked include such things as is there an analog uh, for like the Abrahamic faith in the realm of Kingdom Hearts, uh, which I think the answer is a resounding yes, but I'll get around to it. Uh, and moreover, is Donald Duck a member of that, which I think the answer is probably no. Uh, mm-hmm. However... I do think, like, putting this aside for a moment, I do think that the question does not actually apply to Donald Duck in a way that we'd think it would, or rather that the answer is not merely yes, but multiple yeses. Uh, mm. Because many ducks are known to have a penis which grows during the mating season yes. and then, like, leaves the body afterward, like, it falls off. Mm-hmm. So I think it is the case that, like, A, there are... We've seen so many different like versions of faith in the world of Kingdom Hearts. And in fact, we've seen we have seen that there is uh, a Catholic church in Kingdom Hearts as seen in in Dream Drop Distance Mm -hmm. that the uh, in in the Hunchback of Notre Dame universe. And I'm doing my own version of Spotlight on that church. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which so we'll 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 get to that, but uh, I think that 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 suggests that if there's a a Christian a Catholic faith, then it's necess- necessary antecedent to have an Abrahamic faith. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't think that Donald's a member of that. He seems to be very culturally coded as like a kind of waspy American. Yes. But Wasi Americans tend to be circumcised. So I think that what happens is that he actually gets his penis circumcised every time it grows in, which mm-hmm. is about once a year. Yeah. That's my answer. Mm-hmm. Yes. That Whoa. makes sense. So he's circumcised, but he's not brisked. <laughs> yes. Fair enough. Griffin, what do you think? 
my man doesn't wear pants. He needs all the protection he can get. <laughs> so, so that's a no go on the circumcision. <laughs> no, yeah, that's a that's a fully clothed. Uh, excellent, excellent answers. Uh, I guess uh, I think I'm I'm kind of convinced by uh, Griffin's answer. To be honest, I think Forrest did a lot more groundwork. <laughs> But I do, th- I do think, I do think that if you're going to be a no pants duck, you kind of do need an extra layer of protection. Yeah, come um, on. But if you enjoyed the sort of esoterica and b- bizarre connections that were just drawn the past four minutes of this podcast, then you got to listen to "They're All Handsome" because mm-hmm. that's it's incredible. And what I just did was a a, a weak fast meal of how great Forrest is at writing these bizarre questions. Also, Donald Duck and Goofy transform into all sorts of shit based on what planet they're visiting. Uh, so it, it, you know, it's ever changing. No one is, no one's <laughs> right or wrong. I think. Yeah, um, I, I don't think so. I think it's a, it's a relative question for sure. But yeah, so that's. Yeah. I think that it's it's a show that rules. It's very funny. The episode I was lucky enough to be with our friend Joey Divine, who's hilarious. Oh, um, hilarious. Yeah. Super funny, super smart. And that episode rules. I know Griff, you're going to go on at some point, um, hopefully soon. So I think that there, I mean, Game Boys fans will have a lot to, to check out there. I think it's, it's going to be a really good show. I'm really excited to see where it goes. Um, and that's, I think, basically sums up TAA, unless you have anything are else you, you want to... Are you ending the podcast? No, I was going to move on to another It sounds like you're... Well, you just kept on saying how great it was for like three or four times, and now you're, it sounds like we're wrapping up. I was going to move on to another segment where we stopped talking about this, the TAA. <laughs> Y'all have done way more plugging for me than I could ever do, so uh, thank you. <laughs> I, I think I can leave it at that. Okay, uh, very, very cool. Um, all right, well, let's talk about something I, we... Yeah. I'm, okay, I'm taking control of this train. I got to veer you off of this, uh, guys. Today's another big day. You know, it's it's a day that a lot of people. I mean, certainly not me, uh, but I've been waiting for, and that is Cyberpunk 2077 day. Uh, I want to. I want to know, Forrest, what you think uh, about the game and going into it if you're going to play it and all that stuff uh so i i I would like to play it at some point i i enjoyed the witcher 3 uh i'm you know cd project red seems very good at making these kind of games uh if i have permission to be a little bit heretical here though uh i think i think i might might burn a little bit of a few bridges here which is that i like the witcher 3 but i just like the witcher 3 i didn't Mm -hmm. think it was amazing yeah uh like so cyberpunk 2077 is all i will get to it when i care to get to it mm-hmm. uh which might not be immediately uh the the idea of penis 2 the sequel to penis sounds pretty good that's uh, the best thing about it so far <laughs> mm-hmm. right uh, that, that's kind of neat uh, i'm sure it'll, i'm sure it'll be pretty fun uh hopefully they will patch whatever this like flashing lights thing is that people have talked about. It it it's it seems like it's pretty cool, but it might actually take a little while for it to like get some bugs patched out too, which is pretty derigger for a game of this size and scope. Yeah, totally. Uh, so um, I'm I'm in, I'm quite interested, and I like I like a sci-fi as like flavored package. I'm kind of cooler on cyberpunk punk yes. flavored packages in general, mm-hmm. though. So I'll get to yeah, it. Yeah, and I think that they bouncing off sort of cooling on the the sort of punk aspect of this. Uh, a lot of the attitude of this game felt v- dated. 
<laughs> it, it felt like super dated in terms of its fucking tood. Uh, Borderlands does the same thing as this a lot of times oh with its tood. Um, and, and that's why this game started to fall into my Davis prediction system of games that are actually going to be bad that people are excited about. Um, and I've been right multiple times now. Uh, and I guess I want to preface by saying I'm going to play Cyberpunk and I think I am going to enjoy Cyberpunk. I do think it's not going to be as good as Witcher 3 even, which seems pretty clear from the reviews. Um, and I think I'm going to enjoy it okay. I think there's going to be cool stuff and then there's going to be stuff that feels dated. Um, but the tood specifically is what I want to focus on for a second because, um, you know, when you download a new game, you have to fill out, uh, you have to fill out a user agreement, right? We, and we never read these oh, things. It's humiliating. We just scroll right by them and click them because, you know, you don't want to know what rights you're giving over and you got, pl- you got stuff to download. You got places to be. But, you know, Cyberpunk thought, you know, why don't we fill every corner of this game with our iconic uh vibe uh, so i'd like to read a little bit of it right here uh, so this is what you see when you download the game and you accept the agreement about this agreement all right so this load of corpo talk on the left is actually pretty simple it's kind of like a safety manual for a new piece of cyberware like anyone reads those right so i'm here to make it real easy to understand but member that long version over on the left that stuff is legally binding my version well i'm just here to help the whole agreement only counts for cyberpunk 2077 for rules cover for rules covering other games from the same company, you got to check out the specific legal speak written for them. And hey, if you like reading so much, they're asking you to check out the fan content guidelines. So go ahead, knock yourself out. Age restriction warnings. This is cute. So the game's got this minimum age rating, okay? So if you want to get into Night City, I'm trying to keep a straight face here. You got to be above that rating. And it just goes on and on from there. Yeah, see, that sucks ass. Um, <laughs> that's exhausting yeah it's exhausting and it's just it's so okay so this is like one of my big beefs and it's also one of the big ironies with this game is that is when you compare it to Witcher 3 an interesting thing is that sci-fi has historically always been like a critical and mostly sort of like progressive or at least like sort of like uh, analytical genre about the world around it like it's always sort of about like problems of modern life recast as like worse versions of those problems in the future. Um, and fantasy has always been a lot more conservative. It's just sort of about like the, the noble pursuits of individuals. And it feels like in this case, those things are flipped <laughs> where mm-hmm. cyberpunk feels like a very sort of like boringly conservative game in the sense that like, it all feels really classically like shoot 'em up and a lot of like the, the the sort of really critical elements of cyberpunk, which has always been like an anti-capitalist, anti-corporate sort of thing, have been sort of swallowed up by like the ethos of making a cool shooting game in a cool, brightly lit place. Um, and where all the mm-hmm. Witcher, where the Witcher was like interestingly critical of like some of the ways we tell stories and some of the ways we construct power, cyberpunk feels really uncritical in that way, at least from my understanding. And again, I, I also would like to play it and see what it's like, but it does feel to me as though like all the punk part, all like the biting critical stuff you find in like a William Gibson or in it's like, yeah, it's like written by dads. Yeah, exactly. It's like, yeah. it's like written by a dad who like read the first half of Johnny Mnemonic. <laughs> like, and that's it. it. And it, that sucks because the genre is so fucking alive and there's so much cool shit to say, even though I'll concede that like cyberpunk as a genre is pretty outdated in 2020. Cause we all have phones that track us in our pockets now. So it's not like a big twist. Yeah. Uh, to learn about that but like it's still a critical and, and interesting genre that's very alive but 
it sucks when it's just sort of like flattened and blorted out in the name of like having mm-hmm. a gun arm. Yeah. Uh, and, and like, and just to go back for a little bit here, I mean, this game sort of had about a lot of hype around it for years and this was going to be like the next generation of gaming. This was going to take gaming into a new future. And in a lot of ways, it just seems like another just prettier like map game that like you drive from point A to point B. And like most of the things that you do in the game are the same things you've been doing. It just has a slightly different toot and maybe looks a little bit better than before. Um, and sure, that's fine. Um, but um I think that, yeah, like the hype machine was something that did not work in their favor at all. Um, And then on top of that, I mean, this company made a really, really big deal about a year and a half to two years ago, claiming that they don't do overtime. They say, oh, we're, we actually, we, we, you know, we, 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 we make sure that no one works overtime and everyone has to leave at six or whatever. You know, we're not like those other companies cut to like eight months later where every single member of that place is working insane amount of overtime. They're doing multiple delays and it's all the same shit. So basically not only in the content of the game, but in the media, the hype cycle and how they purport themselves to be publicly as creators, it's all bullshit. Like every bit of it is bullshit. So it's, it's a, it's a fucking bullshit company making a game that has like the attitude of ratchet and clank from 2002. Like (laughs) it's in a lot of ways, this game is just like, it's just smells like bullshit. Uh, I'd like to address directly that lovely little blurb you wrote to, 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 to leap off your point, which is that yeah, what you described a game that takes like effectively previously existing games and pretties them up a little bit and adds on this like skitchen type like understanding of counterculture onto it. It's a biker mice from Mars, man. Yeah. <laughs> That's what this is. This is just like 1990s like corporate packaging of like rad dudes with attitudes back to mm-hmm. us again. It's it's that's so embarrassing. Like to present to present your eula and then be like wow kids doesn't this eula stink ass well you better click it anyway that's what our corporate overlords told us to do that's such like i thought that had gone away with like the end of the 90s really we've moved on to like i guess being more cynical and less like pretend cynical or something but it's back baby and it still sucks yeah Yeah. it's got like a real like it is deeply bullshit like you're saying Mm -hmm. just because like there's like just people understand that they're playing a game that a company made. Like no one thinks this is like a radical act of transgression. So like, it's okay if I have to click through a classic Eula to get to the game and I just like lose myself in the narrative of the game. That's where the real juice of like critique and shit lives anyway. And so like trying to tell me that like, Oh, this fun, cool intro thing that we made is actually the secret sauce. And like, we're we're cool and we're not like a corporate thing. It's like, we know that's a lie. Like, we know Mm -hmm. that's a lie. We know you crunched your employees to death to make this. We know you're making a bajillion dollars. We know you don't give a shit about epilepsy. Like... We we know all of <laughs> no, this shit. No, they, they do. They actually are. They give a shit. They're pro epilepsy. <laughs> yeah, sorry. We know that you're pro epileptic seizures, <laughs> and so like it's it's disguising all of like the 
all the things that cyberpunk is a genre is designed to critique. It's trying to pretend it's doing and just disguising the fact that it's doing all the on its own, which is fine. It's not like that's true of like any game that purports to be like left leaning for the most part, except for like, like a tonight we riot. that's like a home brew made by like a, a co-op organization. But like for the most part, all games are subject to this. But the fact that the game tries to like pretend like it's not in like some cool, like tricky, like cool dad way sucks. Mm-hmm. This feels like the like weirdly the perfect successor to Witcher 3 to me, which is like Witcher 3 to me felt like a game that was deeply not trying to be on the left at all, but just trying to like adapt these books, basically. And a lot of people seem to like read it as being more transgressive and like subversive than I saw it as being as it just seemed kind of like straightforward fantasy to me and it seems like this time they're like oh we got a lot of people on board with uh with the thing that we weren't necessarily trying to do so let's let's like make pretensions to that thing this time so it's like the inverse of the witcher where like they're trying to do this thing but clearly very much not actually understanding what it is they need to be doing right well i mean i think i i go back and forth uh and largely depending on how mad Griffin is about the Witcher at a given time. But I go back and <laughs> forth on how intentional the leftism of the Witcher is. Cause I do think it is making a very compelling sort of progressive argument about like how systems of history and systems of power operate beyond even the most powerful single individuals or whatever. Um, but I don't know if it's doing that on purpose. <laughs> yeah. And I, and I also say like, there's a lot of shit in the Witcher that like now retroactively, like definitely like rubs me the wrong way. Like they, they definitely use like violence of women just as like a backdrop and not like super like, uh, like not in something like immoral. Like there's like this like scene in the Witcher where like you meet this bad guy who has murdered like 10 women in this room. Uh, and it's just like the backdrop. It's like, it's like barely like even recognized by your character. And it's just like, the fact that like you don't just kill that guy immediately, but like just deal with him and then like leave him alone is crazy. Um, so yeah, there's, there's a lot of things that are a little bit sus uh, about that game, uh, especially like this idea, like the, the best idea that I thought the Witcher was doing was this idea that life is too complicated for one person to be the most important person in the world. And that it's a game less about being uh, the hero of the land and more about, you know, uh, trying to make difficult choices and just get through your life, which I thought was a much more interesting uh, fantasy story as opposed to like your dragon ages where you're the chosen one or something. Um, But then in the last third of the game, they just toss all of that out the window. You are the most important person in the world. Your daughter's the most important person in the world. And it's all of these proper nouns and all of these things that are like loosely explained and big, big, big proper noun like fantasy objects and it's like oh they, they just shit the bed on on anything interesting well they kind of they kind of i think split the difference a little better than giving them credit for because there's a whole political plot that wraps up at the end too that is i think what you're describing uh, as the not good if, stuff not if you get not if not if they fuck you on the ending it doesn't wrap up um no you still deal with well i don't know i don't know what ending you got but you, i think you still deal with no. radovid and the and and Nilfgaard nope. and stuff nope well we it's got garbage. Dif- we got different endings then, bud. Because <laughs> yeah, and the endings are like radically, radically different. Anyways, I've complained about the game yeah, a lot. But um, the the point is that I think that game, at least whether intentional or not, was was gestured towards ideas that were bigger than the game itself. Mm-hmm. Um, and Cyberpunk as a tabletop game very intentionally was doing that, and Cyberpunk as a literary genre very intentionally is doing that. And it feels like this game that borrows tropes from the genre and the name of the genre and the style and and world and frameworks of the tabletop game has no interest in doing that, except for insofar as they can pretend that it makes them cool rebels. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and that sucks. And like that, it feels like that's even worse than just like copying to being a corporate object. And then we look at it on the, you know, be a corporate object. And then I just pretend you're not while I'm playing the game is way better than like you try to trick me into thinking you're a cool thing. Mm-hmm. Um, is how I feel about it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, I mean, listen, I, one thing that I will say in defense of cyberpunk and a game that I've already bought and going to play, of course, is um, that when the game gets this big, when there's this many, like, you know, hundreds of people working on it, it can't like all be cringe because like the cringe comes from the top down. So like there's a lot of good people working at CD Projekt Red that are going to make parts of this game that are awesome. And like not every part of this game is going to be just like that user agreement um, or it's like I don't think the whole thing is going to be cringe. So like there are probably going to be a lot of good parts of the game is what I'm trying to say. I think that's probably, I think that's probably true to, um, to a degree. Um, and, and the game might be good. I just know that the way the game presents itself and has existed in the, in the ethos so far, uh, sucks ass to me. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, so yeah, I don't know. That's what, that's where I'm at on cyberpunk. What else guys? What else? What, what else? What well, else is happening? Uh, Forrest, what have you, have you been playing anything special or interesting lately? <laughs> all right oh my uh, god my, my hab my habit has been playing pso2 a new episode dropped today i'm excited about that but that's neither here nor there because uh i was i was turned on to a little game on playstation and steam called farmer's dynasty which uh let me tell you it's on sale right now on ps4 which is why i bought it and it is like the lowest budget possible combination of farm simulator and the sims and i could not be happier with a game that i'm having zero fun playing mm-hmm. <laughs> all right well <laughs> explain yeah <laughs> so uh it, this game is extremely european and i think we've we've all we all know about games that have simulator or dynasty in the title and are made in europe uh sure they have a certain a certain brand to them and this one leans into that like it the voice acting and dialogue is truly abominable it sounds like they have two voice actors who they got in studio for like one hour total they tell you things like you can have some sleep here about a building uh, you you are required to do a lot of fixing of buildings all the time, which involves going into engineer site, the 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 virtual world that only farmers and engineers have, where they can see potential scaffoldings everywhere surrounding them. <laughs> <laughs> And you have to go around like nail gunning like buildings fixed and you get social points for making houses look nicer because everyone hates your raggedy ass house with all the shingles falling off of it. Uh, You can you can slowly drive around your tractor to go do like little quests for people to make them like you and to give you ancient farm equipment, which you can then use to do a poor approximation of farm simulators. Honestly, very slick farming simulation. Uh, And you can also try to find one of several nearly identical women to be your wife and have kids with on your farm and hopefully make the kids work at, at under labor law ages, which I'm mm-hmm. able to get to yet because getting to the part where someone's willing to like go on a date with you or do more than kind of tell you to buzz off, even as the game indicates they love you, uh, has, has eluded me so far. <laughs> Um, sometimes when you hit zero percent fun, it's like it's like it's it, you keep you keep coming back, right? It's amazing. Yeah, my, my favorite moment in the game is that uh, I I got a quest to go to church, and I went to the church, and there were a bunch of people outside the church, and it said, "Good job, you did it." And I was like, "Oh, when I guess in Europe, when they mean go to church, they mean go to church." <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, you made it. That's um, pretty fucking good. I mean, uh, those hmm. simulator games are so fun. And it is true. I think your review did have something that there's like when the game isn't fun, but it is like rhythmically satisfying. You can lose days. Yes. In that shit. Um, and it's like it's like almost more dangerous for your time than if a game is like straight up fun. It might I might feel that way a little bit about Genshin Impact. Like I like maybe it's just that there's too many games right now, and so I'm holding it to too high of a standard. But like mechanically, yeah, it does feel pretty fun. But like I'm like, what about this do I actually like uh, outside of just like running around? <laughs> yeah, um, I, I I did a lot of Genshin Impact, and eventually I kind of gave up on it because like I guess I've been playing PSO two instead, and like boy, that game. I recognize all the tricks that game is pulling. I've played tons of these gotcha type games. I'm like, they're trying to get me and I know they're trying <laughs> to get me and I'm, and I'm okay with being God as long as you give me, you know, like a good exchange for my X bucks a month or whatever. But like, it's, it's, there's just like not enough there for me. I feel yeah, like I, I agree with that as well, but wait, hold on. So how do they get you? Cause I, they haven't gotten me yet. Well, how do they get you? I mean, how the gotcha games get you is that they offer you a lot of little quiet ways to make your life a little better like the thing mm. where you pay five bucks a month and you get like a hundred right. gemzos every day or whatever yes that kind of stuff or then like and then when they're like don't you really want this character Ooh, we didn't give it to you during this poll banner mm. Ooh, you better just buy buy some more gems you better buy some gems to get this character yeah like like it's it's basically like secret subscription fees which i'm fine with really like i like an over subscription fee better but like mm. a secret subscription fee is fine as long as it's kind of heads up about what you're going into yeah i guess psychologically it might be more insidious but for me i like playing something free and having other rich people spend too much money on it to like subsidize me um but so i mean what's the difference between a gotcha game and microtransaction games like isn't that the same thing gotcha games have the thing specifically where like you have a bunch of draws like in genshin impact and you don't know what's going to be in those draws oh, okay like, so you just roll in the dice yeah and like things like things like battlefront 2 kind of like veer near gotcha game where they're like pop this box open and see what crewblers you get out of it but it isn't mm -hmm. like it isn't like to get like this month there's a cool new character this month there's there's baby yoda if you want baby yoda you gotta you know keep giving us cred gems and see how if you get them during this one up oh, not this one but his chances went up from 0 0.005 percent to 0 0.006 percent Mm -hmm. it's a, it's all gambling stuff like we it, it's a different form of it but it's a very particular one that comes from like japanese mobile gaming in particular mm -hmm. it's just the slot machine mentality and i i don't like being slot machine manipulated but i'm also not a gambling person at all like mm -hmm. i just look at the look at like the the ev and i'm like i don't want to spend an expected value of 48 bucks getting this thing i'm out right yeah. i mean the only thing that really ever fucking got me was simpsons tapped out um <laughs> that did get you though that really did <laughs> I, I bet i spent around 200 dollars on that game which is a lot of money for microtransactions like for someone like me who does not have money that's crazy <laughs> um that's what i did with avengers academy which was like the same ooh, thing yeah i was like i will pay your like 10 bucks a month premium for this game to have like as long as that gets me all the characters assuredly every month like i'll do my homework and i'll pay you my basically like subscription fee and then eventually they were like that doesn't assure you all the characters anymore and i'm like ooh, well then i'm wow. done <laughs> you, wow. you took it too far sorry so <laughs> that's, that's a simple cool. deal they, they at least had a battle pass of some sort it sounds like yeah yeah the ones that have like a premium you can subscription you can do like i'm i'm good with that 
like it was basically like once a month you'd buy like each new event they'd be like and here's the battle pass and you'd be like okay i'll pay my 12 bucks or whatever yeah i mean that sounds about right i never was able to get into those games just because like i always felt like the way you're describing the way that they like pulled the rug out on you was like always just around the corner mm-hmm, yeah you like you like live with that fear as you play yeah and i just like <laughs> didn't want that like i just didn't want to be like all right I, i'm in the rhythm of down of getting characters every month this is sweet and then all of a sudden they're like you can't do it anymore and i'm like i'm broken <laughs> like i didn't right. i didn't want to put myself in, i didn't want to make myself vulnerable to their whims that way I, and i guess force is right like i'm trying to think like i play world of warcraft right now and and let me think like okay like they world of warcraft has been 15 dollars a month for like a long time which is kind of crazy you know i think about it um but like to pay that amount, I think World of Warcraft is a much better experience yeah. when I pay that amount rather than like I get it for free and then like raids or dungeons are like locked behind currency or something like it, it would feel like a different game. No, I mean, yeah, subscriptions are just better because they have they have the automatic money coming in every month always. Right. Like Final Fantasy 14, same deal. You pay your 15 a month or however much. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there are like vanity things you can buy. And I have bought one or two of them because, you know, I want like a cool sword or whatever. But you they're not they're not gameplay related at all. Like you get all the con- all the contents there. You get all the stuff that's happening. Like the, the company is not relying upon like whimsy of like how many whales or how many like minnows f- put in money every month it's just it's just a better model i think like everyone's happier Mm -hmm. yeah i mean it's just like it's good when things are up front that way yeah Um, it just makes it easier to make choices yeah i'm willing to get taken in as long as like we agree on the table that i'm getting taken in Mm -hmm. yeah uh because if you I, i guess like the problem also with these gotcha games is they're constantly having to come up with new ways to trick you if you pay the subscription they've tricked you once and now they can just focus on the game but they like they're like constantly like you basically they're just they, they would they stop scheming the second you pay them so yeah right well uh, actually, that's cool that actually applies to to one of the issues i know that uh because forrest and i are in a discord with a bunch of people who play uh genshin impact and they've been complaining about how the new five star character for this month isn't isn't like good enough to be worth the rarity or whatever but like that's the thing like that's what you're talking about is like they have to keep coming up with new ways to trick you into spending on things and so they things don't get like they have to be cranking shit out that way and so sometimes it's gonna suck (laughs) like Mm -hmm. that's that's built into the system like you're gonna have shitty characters and shitty content come out because the, the whole thing's premised around like hey uh can you know we have to give you a new guy every month um mm-hmm. and so like yeah of course there's gonna be all this like this like imbalance and that sucks yeah um and i just want to let anyone in the audience know right now that if you want to hear uh the third host of game boys on this episode uh, well, they're muted unless you pay five dollars to listen okay so, <laughs> yeah uh, there there is a fourth person on this episode you just can't hear them because you're on the free version and you'll have to you'll have to do a couple of draws but eventually and yes you, you- it is a girl <laughs> Okay. Well, the five star, the five star draws a girl. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. The four star and three stars. Well, you'll find out because um, it is all randomized. Um, but yeah, it's it's. Uh, I don't know. It's it's weird. It's a weird time for for video games. I think it's a normalized time. I'm I'm with a PS5. I'm feeling normal as fuck right now. <laughs> Honestly, feeling like someone might break open my window. It's not safe. It's not safe to have one of these. Um, 
But uh, Forrest, thank you so much. I'm excited to come on Kingdom Hearts podcast soon. Anything else you want to plug? Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Dunots, D-U-N-O-T-S, where I talk about a number of things, uh, including uh, sports and uh, politics and video games, etc. You can come call me stupid there if you want. That's fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I have a... Uh, and on a hiatus podcast that's going to be starting up again uh, very shortly where I, I play Final Fantasy games as well called Crystal Catalog. So uh, I'm keep I'm trying to keep busy. So please keep busy listening to me. Awesome. Yeah. Hell yeah. It's all very dope. Lux, you got anything? Uh, I do. Um, so yeah, definitely check out They're All Handsome. I'm on that episode uh, the first one. And then also coming soon, the next PWR guide end should be releasing on December 20th. Mm-hmm. Um, and so stay tuned for that. We'll be streaming it live. We'll be streaming the premiere on Twitch for people to watch with us at p- twitch.tv slash party world wrestling. Maybe we'll Ooh, do I'll the, be on for that. That'll be fun. Maybe we'll do the same thing we did last time where you and I watch on the tomb room stream. Yeah. Um, and direct people over, but yeah, that's going to be, that's going to be up and live should be on the 20th. So that's very, very exciting. Nice, nice. Um, well, as for me, you can catch me on the up and coming Ratatouille TikTok musical. Uh, yeah, keep your phones charged for that. Hell yeah, sounds good. Everyone, everyone, stay safe out there. Yeah, stay safe. Wear a mask. Have fun. Uh, and remember, to check out Haley at Eat Every Sound on YouTube and Instagram, and on the Memory Static podcast. Bye bye.